0: You ever been in love and, uh, or been in a situation like, uh, like I remember my grandkids come over or I remember that feeling when, uh, when the kids were born or when my, uh, my daughters or my daughter-in-laws had just had a, you know, brought a brand new grandbaby and you're just sitting there, you just feel all this kind of cool stuff and, and you're just feeling like you just about do anything because you, you just want them to know how precious they are and how much they're loved and how thankful you are that uh, either God has brought them into the world or that, uh, you know, that God has given them to you or that they've just gotten done bringing another child into the world and, and, uh, and you just feel this kind of just warmth kind of a commitment, kind of a quietness, kind of a celebration. It's kind of a mixture of all kinds of emotions. And all you want to do is invest yourself somehow in that person's life or needs or wants or whatever it might be. And you just have that attitude. And I go, I'd like you to try and remember that if you could. Try to feel that emotion because in some situations, uh, it it just covers you. It just fills you. And I and I like that because when I think about the text that we're going to be talking about today, I just want you to feel that from God's attitude and heart toward you. And, and, and I want you to just know that in such a personal and intimate way that there's just no doubt in your mind about how God responds and feels toward you. Because the miracle of the text that I picked today with the theme is, he came to serve. And the thing that strikes me about the word serve, it means to minister. It means to 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 take care of someone who's sick. It means to help someone. You know, it uh, it's, uh, seems to me to be easier sometimes to minister to the little ones. Uh, you know, when there's a little baby, ah, you know, I can't do anything. And you get this big charge out of feeding them. And you get this big charge even out of Changing their diaper isn't all that big a deal to me, and I just go, "This is cool." I get to make you feel better, and you smell better, and I'm happy, you're happy, everybody's happy, and you kind of go, you, you just kind of can pour yourself into someone. Or uh, sometimes when you've, if you've had an opportunity where you've been able to give to someone who couldn't give to you, or you've been able to do something for someone, and, and they just, they just looked at you with their mouth open, going. Thank you. You like those moments, aren't they? Feel good. Kind of we kind of wish we could have those more often. And and we just we, we find the right present. We did the right thing. We we responded the right way and things like that. And the thing that strikes me is that when I think about why Christ came, uh, you know, we've talked about He came to save sinners last Sunday. This one we're talking about, He came to, say, to serve. And I thought about that example where Christ, knowing everything that he had lived with, all the stuff that he would put up for 33 or so years, all the junk that had been in the disciples' life, all of those behaviors, all of those attitudes, all the shortcomings of the men, the women, the people around him, everything else, and, and knowing what he had come for, it, it comes down to this little moment in here in this section in John 13 and uh, as you read it, you just are overwhelmed by the the quietness of it, and yet the power of it, because in this moment, Jesus is identifying something very important. Knowing the time had come for him to leave the world. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of, of his love. When was the last time someone showed you the full extent of their love? I mean, isn't that what John was trying to kind of stir in the heart of the men? And and I'm certain you all know it's not just one sided. Men certainly need that from their wives or friends or acquaintances, or and we need that as children toward parents and parents toward children. But stirring that in your heart. To experience, when was the last time you felt fully loved? Where someone was just so filled with love for you? And I go, second part, when was the last time you were so filled with love for someone else that you could not hold back but do something wonderful, giving, tender, sensitive, caring, whatever the right adjectives would be. And you just invested yourself totally in that person in that moment. Because here it goes. Having loved his own, he now showed them the full extent of his love. And he goes into this section. The evening meal was being served. Dinner had already prompted, the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the power of all things was under his power and that he had come from God and it was returning. That's all that stuff around there that he did this next act. You see, it's that next act that people need to understand. It's that next act where Jesus looks at the world, knowing everything he had done, understanding everything that was about to happen, where Judas was about to betray him. In another gospel, we realize that Satan is in Judas, and that already isn't taking place. Judas is still here, present with them. And in this moment, Jesus looking out at his people in this situation has such an overwhelming power of love toward them that he girds himself. He takes off, in a sense, that mantle, that outer garment, and he lays that aside and he gathers around his waist some kind of towel or apron, a cloth of some kind around him. He tucks it in tight so it'll stay up on his hips, and he begins to kneel at the feet of each person in that room and kneel at their feet in such a way not just simply to bring conviction, but to serve them, to meet a need in their life, to actually respond to something that was going on in their world. We don't think much of it in our own world, but you've got to understand the filth and the stench and the stuff that people walked in back then. It wasn't unusual for your feet to be covered with everything from cow manure to people manure. It wasn't unusual for your feet to have walked through the garbage of the streets, because in many cases, that's where much of that was left. And so when he got down to wash the feet of the disciples, they weren't clean out of nice, clean socks like you and I might be able to relate to. But they were covered with the filth of daily life. And still he got down at their feet and he washed them. Still, he made that conscious effort, knowing full well what he was about to face, knowing full well that they were about to leave him, knowing full well that Judas would betray him and that Peter would deny him. Knowing all of that, Jesus came into the world, was about to go back, and he wanted to make sure that not one of them missed the full extent of the love that he has for them. And in the moment of washing the feet of these disciples, you begin to understand the power of the gospel. You begin to understand how God feels toward you when you're covered with the stench of your life and you've walked in and through things that have covered you with the mess and the muck and the smell of what life can be, when you're covered there and have an evil intent, even maybe you sit here in church and you have these mixture of emotions and this will to deceive and these angers and bitternesses that you're going to willfully betray Jesus Christ yourself in your own next moment, I want you to know how Jesus feels toward you because he walks up to you, down, bends down, takes your feet, and he washes them, unafraid to touch your stench, unafraid to touch your smells, unafraid to touch what I think sometimes is maybe not so much of an attractive part of our body. But with all the knots and knobs and everything feet can accumulate, he doesn't hesitate. He reaches down and he takes the feet of the very men who are about to leave and walk away and do all kinds of things. And he says, I love See, isn't really that the miracle? Isn't the miracle of Christmas is that God loves a man like me and loves a person like you and is willing to kneel at your feet? And you go, why would you kneel at my feet? I want to join with Peter and say, why would you do this? Don't wash my feet, wash all of me. Don't do this, don't do this. And he looks at me and he says, unless I do this, you have no chance, no hope. This is what I came for. This is what I want to do. But Jesus, I'm so smelly. I've accumulated so much filth. I have so much junk that I walk into and I intentionally walk into. I'm covered with it from head to toe and I've got this kind of attitude sometimes and you're going to come and you're going to wash my feet and without hesitation, he kneels before me and he takes my foot and he touches me and he invades my space with his love and he enters into the smell of my life and he washes me Not only on the outside, but he ministers to my life. And that's the miracle of the gospel. That is the miracle of Christmas. The story is over. There's nothing else I can tell you. That Christ who came to save sinners, Christ who came to serve, entered a world where people would not appreciate him. Where we'd get so busy with our own junk and filth that we would be distracted from Him. We wouldn't be filled with wisdom, discernment, and understanding, and still He comes down and washes our feet. Still He comes down and enters our world. Still He is committed to you. You see, it's not how you came this morning, it's not the quality of your attitude this morning. It's not how well you repented this morning. It has to do always with what comes from the cross, from the heart of God, from the altar of God for you. And you bring all of the stuff that covers you. You bring all of that smell and the busyness of your life and the distractions of your life and the worries and the frets and everything else. And please understand, as you walk in the door, Jesus Christ kneels before you and takes your foot takes your life, takes your circumstances, and washes your feet. I can't tell you anything different. I can't put any exceptions to it. I can't diminish the power of that. I can't communicate it more powerfully than to help you understand that he sat in heaven looked at the condition of your life and mine, knew exactly what this day was going to bring, knew exactly what you'd have that's going well or falling apart, and he said within his own spirit, I will go and come to this place to die for their sins so that I can wash his feet so that he will know how precious he is and why I came. So that a guy like Bruce Harmon can actually experience a forgiveness that would never be his apart from this. I came because I don't care about the stench that he has in his life, in his heart, in his attitudes, or in his feet. I will enter into his life and I will serve him because apart from that he will never know me. Apart from that he will never taste freedom. Apart from that he will never understand the depth of love I've had for him even before he was ever created. And he pours himself into this moment. He pours himself into the Christmas message. And the Christmas message that he's had, he came to save someone like me. But more importantly, he came to serve me. I do not deserve that from you, much less my Lord and Savior. But my God enters my world and kneels at my feet, looks at my life, and says, that's the man I want. Your feet I will touch. You I will love. It's the end of the sermon. It's the end of the sermon. It's I sent you flowers when you didn't deserve it. It's I called you up in the middle of the day and said, hey, yeah, God, has sent you? Uh-huh. Bruce, I love you. God, do you know what I'm doing right now? Yeah, I do. I love you. God, you you can't. No, Bruce. I love you. You understand? It is that perfect amount of love that just will not be held back by any of the stench of who I am as a man. And he won't quit. And he comes back into my world and he wraps his love into my heart. And he says, I know exactly what you're doing right now. I know exactly what you're feeling right now. Don't you know how angry I am? Don't you know how hurt I am? Don't you know how bitter I am? Don't you know how much I want out of my marriage? Don't you know how much I'm angry at my mom or my dad? Don't you know how much I'm committing um, immorality? Don't you understand how bad I drink and use drugs? Don't you understand? God, God whispers, I have a bouquet of the flowers of my love for you, child. I don't quit. And your stench will never make me turn away. And so into the reality of our lives, I want you to understand, I want you to turn in your hymnals, if you were, not hymnals, in your bulletins. I want to sing this last song one more time, because I wanted to summarize the the message the message, okay, the filmy me Jesus, you see it there? And what I want you to understand is that you finally looking at God going, are you really calling me up to tell me you love me? Are you giving me flowers right now? Are you actually telling me one more time? You want to be with me and you want to listen to me? Do you know how many times I complain about exactly the same thing and how little I've done to change it and how I don't even care sometimes and I wish it was dead sometimes? And do you understand, Lord, how bitter it? And God whispers, come, come. And so let's make this a prayer this time. Let's just enjoy it. And I want you to speak uh, the words and just let the words fill me, Jesus, right now. And I want you to put it together and I'll tie it all together for you in a minute. Here we go. I want you to hear that last verse, especially the last line. You can go quietly. In the, in that last line, it says, "To do with as you will." And I want you to hear what he says. I will to wash your feet. I will to call you into my kingdom. I will to make you my own. I will to not turn my back on you, even if the rest of the world does. I will to hold you close to me and treasure you and support you and care about each tear you cry, each moment of fear you experience. I will to speak holiness into your life. I will to bring people that love you into your life. I will to enter your crisis, your pain, your suffering, your physical, your emotional, your spiritual dilemmas. I will to cause and bring about that which is good in the middle of that which you've done evil. I will to never quit nor forsake you. I will be your Lord, your Savior, and your servant. Let's sing it again. Here we go. In
1: Jesus. your precious holy power. I am yours, my Lord, to do with us you.
0: God poured into their lives, filled up with that which He wants to give you. Just turn your hands up and allow yourself to receive. Just let the Lord speak to your heart and allow yourself to receive what He has for you.
1: I am your
0: Father, for the gift of Jesus, we thank you today. For a heart that is willing to serve me, thank you. For a Savior who sees me and washes me, I thank you. For the awareness that I needed every day, thank you, Jesus. For no conditions or strings attached to a love I don't deserve. Thank you so very much. For a walking in my world and in my circumstances, for a willingness to rescue me from the complexities and the stupidities of my life. Thank you, Jesus. For a world and a love that never quits, that comes from your heart toward mine. Today I thank you, Jesus. Bless your people. Help us to understand the purity of the Christmas message, the love that is ours from the cross, the sacrifice that not only claims us as your own, but kneels before us to serve us in our greatest needs and our greatest moments of joy. For your servant's heart today, Lord Jesus, I thank you. Bless your people in every way. Stir in our hearts just the joy of receiving what we could never have on our own, your mercy, love, and forgiveness. It's in your name we pray. Amen. As uh, the offering is received, we pray God's special grace and mercy into your heart. In that area of your life, uh, continue to step out in faith. And we pray that God would meet needs. That God would touch our lives in a very personal way, even in the area of finances, and that we would be filled with His presence in that area too. Bless us to that end. If you're a guest or a visitor, by the way, don't put anything in. We just appreciate you being a guest. And if you need some, please take it out. Maybe at Christmas time, you might.